Welcome to the No Nonsense Nutrition Podcast with Shredded Ed, Cardio Johnny, Paul C, Matt Mork Super Troll, and Brazil Hadley. The best infotainment show around where you'll hear us joke, banter, and debunk all the nutritional myths you've heard time and time again, helping you get fit, healthy, and shredded. Well, welcome to the No Nonsense Nutrition Podcast, episode number 53. Boom, 53. I am here, I am here. Just in a, a, a glaze and a daze. It's because you are very tired from the copious amounts of extreme carbohydrates you've eaten. Mate, I have smashed the carbs these last two days. Um, after effectively sort of half dieting for a few weeks. Um, yeah, yesterday was good. Lots of cereal, lots of pasta, bit of rice, a whole pack of Marmite rice cakes. Um and then today, lots of cereal, some chips. Uh, what have I just eaten? Some bread. So life's good. Oh, nice. Yeah. Lots of carbohydrates. Um, obviously, you were privy to this conversation, but I'm not sure how to take being called like Marmite. Is that a good thing or a bad thing? So if someone describes you as like Marmite, is that a positive or a negative comment? Um, it depends whether they like Marmite. Does it? <laughs> well... If somebody, like, if I said, oh, you're like Marmite, but I love Marmite, so that's fine, then to me, then I love you. Um, but if they don't like Marmite and they're calling you Marmite, then you're clearly a bit of a dick. <laughs> I, I understand your logic, but I don't quite <laughs> agree um, that it's that simple. Um, I don't know. Do you, <laughs> are we having any context on this? Because I have no idea what you're talking about. No, 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 okay. No, no, just I asked Paul to to describe, and that's what his response was. Yeah, but Paul's a prick, so... Yeah, that's true. (laughs) To be fair, it's it's better than being, like, oysters, like Paul is, you know, like a stinky tuna-ridden oyster, you know? You only, like, (laughs) one in five people like. (laughs) Five million. (laughs) Uh, yeah, and the good thing is he doesn't listen, so he yeah, won't hear yeah. that. No, nah, joke, jokes, bro. I'm only joking, Paul. Jesus. No, um, actually, no. Like, uh, just to expand on that conversation a little bit. I, I actually think it's quite a compliment. Actually, I'm going to take it as a compliment because, um, I, I think it would be better to be loved and hated than just to be boring. So, are you calling Johnny boring then? Because he's loved by everybody. No, <laughs> not not directly. No, Johnny's not boring. He's, Johnny, things he is loved by everyone, but he's also not boring. So Johnny wins. So he's just won the game. He is the the perfect person, apart from the fact he's very heavily Welsh. Yes. Um. Anyway, let's take this back to why were you eating this copious amounts of carbohydrates? Why was I? Um. Despite being a fat, greedy pig, um, I ran another half marathon today, uh, which was. A little bit tougher than the last one because the other one had one decent hill in it and then the rest was pretty flat. This one had, I don't know, like five or six pretty beastly hills. One of them was sheer vertical. Um, yeah, so it, it was pretty tough. But I, I ran it on my own this time as well, which I think made it tougher because I am uh, a bit of a stickler for pushing myself um, and I will constantly have a go at myself if I don't 
you know, like start bleeding or crying. Um, and so, uh, yeah, so I was sort of setting myself little I'll, targets I'll, and being like, I've got to get there. So, the, the ultimate thing would be to uh, cry blood then, tears of blood. Th- that would make me very, very satisfied, yeah. <laughs> <laughs> um, yeah, so uh, yeah, so I did that and I, I ran it in 143, so it was pretty decent. Uh, and lost all your gains. I lost every single ounce of muscle because it was more than 13 minutes, yeah. So. <laughs> oh, correct. Fair play, mate. Um, yeah. Fair play. No, we, uh, we all like a little bit of cardio for fitness and for fun. I wouldn't call it either of those. <laughs> yeah, mate, run the half marathon is good for your cardiovascular system. No, yes, it's good yeah. for um, And you know, maybe not fun. I definitely concur with that comment. <laughs> no, it, it was fun. I, I quite enjoy it, but I like, I've always kind of been into endurancey type things. So I always used to cycle when I was younger and I used to do a bit of cycle racing. I've kind of missed that over the last five or six years. Um, so doing these now, actually, even though it was Alex that kind of got me into it and I actually covered her on this because she was down to do it um but because of a shin splints in the last one we did she had to back out but obviously she paid and, and everything so so i stepped in for her um so she didn't waste 20 quid um i yeah. think i would have rather have given her 20 quid <laughs> yeah okay. put it this way like you've you've the extra energy expenditures meant that you've got to eat a bit more you know it's quite good yeah, we did go out for a nice meal afterwards. Had a lovely steak and ale pie, sat in the sun. Sure. Beautiful. And you got to nail several hundred grams of carbs for a couple of days. Yep. Well, Very much. Yeah, did one, one day of high carbs, 600 grams. Uh, yeah, good fun. Nice. Well, um, this, what, uh, yeah, it was a planned segue. <laughs> well, kind, <laughs> oh, no. Kind of, <laughs> Yeah, now as soon as I saw you, oh, obviously you doing this run and smashing those cars, I thought, right, this is going to be a nice little segue into what we want to talk about today. So uh, I don't know, like this is, I don't know if people are going to be bored of seeing, hearing or whatever else, but it just felt like quite a nice topic to go through because obviously this very, 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 very good documentary was on during the week called The Truth About Carbohydrates. Well, actually it's called Truth About Carbs, but. You know. With a title like that, surely everything in that show. I know. Disclaimer: I have not seen the show um, because I have made a vow to myself not to watch these things that may make me upset and cry inside mm. and out. Um, but, so I've not but seen like you it. Say, so. Surely, with a title like that, then it's going to be correct, and you're not going to shout at the TV. True, but and then I already know everything about everything, so why would I need to watch it? <laughs> well I, to be honest i also preempted that this was going to be an absolute shower of shit um very judgmental but still i preempted it was going to be an absolute shower of shit and i watched the first five minutes just to just more, more so because everyone was talking about it so i thought i'll watch the first five minutes see what it's like and my initial thoughts were a little bit on the negative side so i didn't watch anymore however since deciding to cover it this week on on this week's podcast because it's an interesting topic like carbohydrates tend to be demonized probably the most out of all the macronutrients um i get in lots of discussions online with people um around around carbohydrates and you know like ketogenic diets and you know low carb diets etc etc and it does get a little bit boring um so i just thought well we'll 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 maybe have a little chat about it um, but I thought it'd only be right if I did watch it. So I did spend the next uh, or 55 minutes today watching the other 55 minutes of the hour show. 
and making a few little notes just to kind of go through what I thought about it. And like, to, uh, I suppose like just to skip a little bit to the end now, isn't all bad. Like, really? As much as I, I, my initial thoughts were it was negative, uh, it's not all bad. But, go on. I was going to say, some, sometimes with these shows, being a uh, so-called professional in the nutrition area, um, and, and knowing one or two things, uh, you do sometimes go in very, very judgmental to these things. Like, I know I do it. And um, and then if you kind of sit down and think about it for five or ten minutes, you can kind of sometimes see the rationale behind why these shows say certain things. I remember watching one with a, a doctor, and he was going into a house, and um, we probably spoke about this on a, on a very early episode because it must have been a, you know within the last 12 months. And he was basically getting this this woman to literally change everything about her life. She was borderline alcoholic. She uh, was overweight. Um, and he, it was a doctor who moved moved into a not moved into a house, but he um, went into a house and, and basically reformed her life and said, right, okay, you're no longer allowed to drink anything at all. You're no longer allowed to eat any of these foods. You have to eat and live like this. And I was thinking, there's no way she is going to stick to that. And I was quite negative about his approach approach of change absolutely everything no kind of moderation to anything and, and all this and I was quite negative about it and I'm, I'm sure I posted about it as well um, but then I kind of the more I sat back and thought about it I thought well maybe she did need a big intervention because little changes sometimes and some people just don't work and it might not have worked for her but this time it did and, and everything so um, so yeah so I sometimes you can be very very negative about these shows um, yeah but sometimes I do have a, a nugget or two of not poo yeah um and I, like i don't want to spoil too much because obviously and just spoil all of the conversational piece for everyone obviously is tuned in to listen to but um i suppose the overall message isn't horrendous um they just never really explain why that's this is i think my my main issue in that it, <laughs> not explaining the why just is so disempowering to individuals and you might think that's oh, people listening might think that's really dramatic but i don't think it is i think like unless you can explain the why of so-called message or, or you know kind of outcome i think it's just like it's a bit i don't know if you, unless you explain the why and give people the education they'll inevitably go off their own and then not really be able to kind of synthesize anything themselves so when, when they, it's a bit like meal plans and what we've talked about when you said here's a meal plan follow it and people can follow it, but the second they can't follow it because of external circumstances or environment or whatever, they don't know what to do because they have no education. Same with Slimming World and Weight Watchers, and we've talked about that as well. And this shows a little bit like that. I think I it's the... when when people tell you um, this is the answer or this is something, um, you then take that as gospel because it's the whole authority thing and everything. So they take that as gospel then and you can't make up your own mind. Whereas I wish these shows would present more of a thing back to uh, the, the, the viewers and kind of give them not an ultimatum, but just, a, you know, here is this evidence. Here is that evidence. This is what I think. What do you think? This is what I think and why I think that. What do you think and what do you think is best for you? Now, if they did that, I think they would, you know, it'd make the best TV show in the world. Um, it's a shame, though, because they tend to just have their bias or their kind of rationale or thought, and they just kind of go with it and, like you say, never explain it. And I think that's why people become uh, one-directional and 
one you know my way the highway type thing or you know that's it's, that's get, get, yeah get 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 kind of married to one approach or yeah. you know end up being like fucking um what was the word i came up with neutral religion that's the word i came up with someone's probably come up with before don't get me wrong but that sounded like neutral religion because people literally treat nutrition as a religion or a cult uh, just complete segue uh when i was doing my run today there was i saw two people with on their vests most people wearing like running club tops or a charity top or just a top um and i went past two runners today who on their top it said on the back vegan runners now i have nothing against veganism but it just it just adds to the the um adds to the whole uh, why do you have to tell everybody all the time like <laughs> yeah it's, it's a bit it's a bit like the dude i fell out with not really fell out with but had a slight kind of dead end conversation within the gym because he was wearing a star wars t-shirt that said something like something similar i can't even remember what it was now mm. but it's basically a vegan take on star wars like vegan wars i don't know when even that that's something who, worse than that but... gives a shit really i know um... it's just it's just about like you know like if you want to be vegan that's great but you don't have to tell everyone yeah. like bye bye wearing t-shirts or you know you don't have to that's why when people put vegan in their profile like i'm matt mandy 21 vegan lifter it's like yeah okay cool who cares yeah i now think less of you (laughs) yeah it's like like mine brett hadley uh only eats burgers i don't know (laughs) anyway uh but yeah i I overtook (laughs) both of them and i thought chicken dippers as i ran past i didn't shout chicken dippers but i thought it and i also thought my recovery is going to be better than yours. Uh, uh, you should have shouted. You should have shouted chicken dip- dippers <laughs> and see if they. I need to check my Instagram profile. Make sure I don't write something like burger eater on it or something. Because it probably already does say that. <laughs> <laughs> Such a hypocrite! Such a hypocrite! Um, no, it doesn't say thank God. Although I might change it and add it actually. So it's quite funny. But anyway, so go, going to the show. So maybe I'll just we'll do a quick quick brief run through. Um, you've seen my notes. I've sent them to you. So you know what kind of things going to go through, um, and just pick out some of the bits were good, some of the bits were bad, some of the bits were damn right incorrect, um, and then just I suppose, actually just give it like an overall concept of of what they are. I mean, I guess most people are going to guess if they haven't watched the show, or if they have watched the show, they'll they'll have their own opinions on it in terms of what the overall. Uh, message of the show is which i don't think is actually horrendous so maybe just start with that so the overall message of the show really is kind of they go through different type of carbohydrates what they supposedly do um and then basically the overall message ends up being don't eat too many carbs uh mainly don't eat too many of the wrong type of carbs um so they classify carbs as uh segregate them into colors actually beige carbs white carbs and green carbs so beige carbs apparently being starches. So they say all starches can be called beige carbs. Now, I don't know if this is just for the show, just to make it easier to understand, or whether they generally believe that that's how you should classify carbohydrates. Um, but obviously starches being things like potatoes, rice, bread, etc., etc. Um, they tend to, obviously, they are the more complex carbohydrates. And the reason they're complex is because basically all carbohydrates are made up of sugar molecules. And complex ones have longer chain molecules than shorter chain ones which are simple carbs um and they tend to fit into the like i say starches obviously fit into that that part of the the more complex and then you have like the short chain molecules which tend to be your more um refined if that's even really the correct word but you're you're kind of your simple sugars so even like things like fruit though will fall under your simple sugars um yeah uh and then i think that's a great so the sugars were your white carbs don't know if i mentioned that 
So beige carbs, your starches, sugars, your white carbs. And I got obviously like sugar. Can you really just call that a group? Is that is that really the name of a group, sugar? Because obviously by sugar, sugars, they mean like basically anything that isn't uh, a starch. More processed. More. Yeah, well, I guess so. But not, not even just that. I guess like it's, this is what I mean about trying to categorize anything into colors. It just doesn't really work. Because um, they then say like, and your fiber-rich foods are called green carbs. Oats are reasonably fiber-rich. They're not green. Yeah. I, I, yeah. So I've already picked yeah. up quite a few flaws on this. So uh, you said about potatoes being a beige carb. Sweet potatoes mm-hmm. aren't beige. Um, white carbs. Rice is white, but that's not a, a sugar. So, um, yeah. Yeah. So, the, again, and like I don't, I, I don't really think that segregating anything into colors has ever been very productive in any type of socioeconomic situation (laughs) (laughs) Um, so you're a white cob you must go into that kitchen (laughs) yeah it's like leave the carbohydrates alone man um so yeah i didn't really like that um obviously essentially what they did was they they pretty much started off with a negative view of saying starch is bad sugar's bad fiber's really good and it's a lot more complex than that. Starch is actually generally pretty good for you because most starchy foods, so foods that do contain high amount of starch, tend to have other stuff with them, which is basically my, one of my biggest problems around a lot of the things they talk around. Is they never really talk about what I look at, you know, like actual foods. You know, we don't just eat starch. We eat a fucking potato that has lots of other stuff in it than just starch. Lots of vitamins and minerals and, 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 and fiber, like funny enough, you know. Like you eat the skin, there's a lot of fiber in a potato skin. Yeah. So, yeah. This is this, so like yeah. come. No, I was gonna say this is this is massively, massively the issue with these sorts of things. As soon you just you get such a one track mind with um uh, like people saying about the sugar in fruit. Okay, great, there's fructose in a lot of fruit, but also if you cut out fruit because it's got sugar in it and sugar's so bad, then you are taking out like all your vitamins and minerals for the day if you don't eat veg. <laughs> um, you know, yeah. from from those yeah. sorts of things. Uh, somebody said it in the group. Was it in the group? I can't remember. Um, and they said, "Oh, you know, everything's on track apart from." Uh, what was I saying? I, I said about eating more fruit and veg um, because we were talking about she was wanting to lose weight, and I said, "Oh, you know, potentially look at padding your your meals out with more fruit and veg, and have a few fruit snacks instead of you know whatever else." Um, she said, "Oh, yeah, I just have to bear in mind the sugars and fruit." And I just said, "Yeah, but just remember though." That's, you know, technically all carbohydrates contain sugar if you break it down to the very, very simple form when you're looking at your monodisaccharides and, and things like that. Um, that, you know, they when you break them down, break them down, break them down, they're all technically sugars. Um, and you start looking at the, the kind of like the, the basic molecule. Um, so technically all carbs are sugars. And then, um, uh, and I just said, well, you know, don't forget all these vitamins and minerals in things like fruit and you're demonizing it just because of one part of it um so exactly like what you were saying um yeah yeah uh, and it's something like alan flanagan who obviously ran the podcast talks about loads and i really like this concept and that we don't eat single molecules you don't eat single nutrients we eat food and food tends to come in far uh, more varied uh, constituents than just a thing like we don't like when people talk i mean obviously one of his specialties or focuses on obviously saturated fat and obviously, when you're talking about even saturated fat consumption, I know it's not obviously on topic for today, but we don't just eat saturated fat unless you only eat butter. 
You know, like yeah. lots of the things we consume that contains fat in them have lots of different profiles of different fatty acids. And it's like, so like to say, oh, you know, you've got to stop, you've got to cut down or, or stop eating saturated fat. It's like, no, that's not helpful because we don't eat saturated fat. And it's the same with this thing here with carbs, like saying don't eat beige carbs or white carbs, only eat green carbs. Like, but we don't eat those, indiv- we don't, they're like one, the colors are not representative for the reasons we're given, but also we eat foods. We don't eat single types of carbohydrates necessarily. So yeah. anyway, by the by, I mean, and obviously this is, maybe this is a nice little segue going on from obviously the point that I made and obviously you just reiterated then around, um, but essentially all carbohydrates other than fiber um, to, to any great extent ends up as glucose in your blood, regardless of what form it's digest it's eaten in because it's then digested yeah. broken down and turns into blood glucose and also you so. don't just eat fiber do you if it's something's quite fibrous it tends to be like, like i say fruit or veg or it's within most carbohydrates unless you're eating like haribo um so you don't just yeah. go oh here's a lovely stick of fiber like no it's probably got unless, unless, shit unless, things unless, in. yeah unless you like just eating all bran but, uh, obviously there's still there's still other forms of carbohydrates other than fiber and all brand but obviously it's high fiber content but yeah you're right so there's you know it's that point again so um i mean they kind of end that first segment on basically we are eating too many or too many of us are eating the wrong sort of carbs and again like i don't feel it gives the right message in saying the wrong sorts of carbs because there is no wrong sort of carbs it's something we've talked about a lot in terms of foods but the same applies to carbohydrates like food shouldn't ever be looked as good or bad. Carbs shouldn't be looked at right or wrong. It should be more looked at. Some provide more nutrients than others. You know, it's as simple as that. Like some carbohydrate forms will be better for you. Obviously, and I use air quotes, you can't see. Better for you because, say, fruits will contain vitamins and minerals. Obviously, fiber, even water content, stuff like that. Whereas you then compare that to... I don't know, uh, I was going to say cereal, what bad idea, because obviously they are generally um, fortified. Like rice, just take white rice. Like you eat white rice, fiber strips, there's no fiber in it. Um, Far fewer vitamins and minerals in it than, say, fruits. And obviously it is a a more denser energy source, rice, so there's more carbs in it than than fruits. Because obviously the water content, et cetera, et cetera. So when you compare those two, you say, well, neither are bad. But one just tends to be a better vehicle for delivering nutrients than the other. Yeah. But yeah. I think that's a far better way of looking at it. Think of it like, um, I don't know, trying to think of a good analogy for it. It's just kind of like more bang for your buck. So it's like if you were to, um, you were paying £5 for a, a deal of some sort. Um, so, you know, you get five or six things, like a, like a, a meal deal. Um, so you're getting, you know, three different things in a meal deal for £3.20. Um, or you could buy them all separately for more money. Um, so if you just bought like a sandwich and a drink and that comes to like £4.50, um, you'll get that, think of that now is in calories. So 320 calories, you're getting all that. And that's kind of a bit like having fruit for the meal deal, but, and then having things separately like rice and then something else on top would be like buying a drinking sandwich (laughs) (laughs) yeah Um, and it's costing more it's costing more for calories so you could get the same amount of like vitamins and minerals and stuff for a smaller calorie uh like volume um i know i know what you're trying to say yeah and i've butchered it (laughs) a little bit now you could probably say like okay well let's look at it more like two packs of multivitamins 
one is um, high dose multivitamin, and one's a low dose multivitamin, but they cost the same. Now, so basically, you can buy the high dose multivitamin for two pounds, or you can buy the low dose multivitamin for two pounds. So basically, you're spending the same amount of calories. But one has a lot more vitamins and minerals in it than the other one. Probably yeah. like a simpler, simple way to understand what we're saying. Um, probably most people do anyway. You probably didn't need the analogy, I guess, because most people understand what we're saying. But it's just a vehicle for delivering nutrients. And I think that's like one of my biggest problems around. Never really mentioned that. Um, and I, they, they kind of said that we've apparently evolved to love carbs as they've become more obtainable since the Industrial Revolution, which is partly correct. Um, but we've just made more different types of carbohydrates since, since then. So since like yeah. we started making mills and we could mill down flour and all that and make bread, uh, yes, the world has got a better place since bread has been introduced to our lives. Um, but <laughs> you look at cavemen, okay, they might have got the odd saber-toothed tiger once every couple of months, um, but they're not going down to the local river, uh, which has a nice stream of saturated fats in the form of butter, uh, they're going out and they're eating fruits and berries and they're eating, you know, like sticks of sugar cane or whatever. That, so that's ridiculous when you look at stuff like that, I think. A bit yeah. of a ridiculous yeah, statement. Well, yeah, I, I mean, I think the thing is we covered a lot of this on last week's episode anyway in terms of, like, evolution. Um, and I guess, like, that that's not even correct that to reflect that, that we've evolved to love carbs we've always loved carbs yeah we've always been sort we've always had this mechanism that we talked about that makes us go after energy dense foods which you know like carbohydrates uh, or foods with a lot of carbohydrates in have a lot of energy in us because it's you know that's just mass or, or that's just logic so that's not really new i think the new bit is more around the environment the fact that it's just far more attainable like they say mm. rather than we've evolved to like them more We've not really evolved like more. They're just in front of us now where, like you say, before we'd have to go out hunt for them and, and you know, just go and like, work very hard yeah. to pick them and for them. So, yeah. But also, yeah. looking at that, are we kind of um, victims of our own design? So if we were look at, to look at a healthy eating plate, again, uh, quotations, um, that would say, oh, okay, well, you should be eating like 30% protein, 20% fat, 50% uh, carbs. That's our own design then, so we've already said that. But now if you turn around and said, okay, well, all right then, whenever the healthy eating plate was created six million years ago, um, and the fats were going to be the main source of, you know, main source of bulk on the plate, so that was going to be 50%, uh, then we would have sort of developed differently, and we would have developed foods differently. But when you're kind of saying, well, carbs should be the biggest kind of portion on your plate, um, then we, we, we've designed that, haven't we? So it's not a case of we've, particularly grown to love carbs it's more kind of we've been told that carbs should be more on our plate or more of them on our plate if that makes mm. sense well there's certainly that if even if you look at it like it's the carbs tend to be the cheapest macronutrient to even purchase so look mm. at it that way you yeah. know like you can buy a bag of pasta for 5p you know all right i, I exaggerate but you know it's, it's like fats and especially protein are the far more expensive macronutrients and plus a lot of carbohydrates don't even have to like pasta again is a good example doesn't even have a shelf life you know it can sit on the shelf literally for years and won't go out of date yeah so you look at third world countries or like times of famine what do we give them maize things like that because it's easily grown it's there it's cheaper to make uh look at way back in the industrial revolution what was everybody eating there was the people were in lines for bread um you know they weren't having anything else pretty much it was just bread uh, yeah. so um, one of the things they, they 
tried to show uh, was basically people's tolerance for carbs. Um, and they did this apparently by an experiment. So uh, the experiment was take a cracker, which is, uh, you know, like a plain cracker. Uh, they weren't Jacobs. Other crackers are available, but something like, a, like a water cracker. cracker or cream cracker type. Uh, cream cracker type yeah. thing, yeah. So uh, that's what I was looking for, cream cracker. Um, and basically eat it. And he asked uh, a few individuals to basically put the hand up when they felt the taste had changed. So either gone sweeter or um, maybe even the taste had disappeared. Um, so he asked them basically to do that. So some people sort of chewed for 30 seconds and then, yep, hand went up. And another person chewed for like 15 seconds, of, I think, or first, I think it was the quickest, sorry, 15, 17 seconds, something like that, and the hand goes up. And the uh, outcome or the explanation was basically the faster that the taste changed, some people's taste didn't change at all. But basically the faster that your taste changed, um, you should be able to tolerate carbs without problems or eat more carbs without problems. That's a direct quote. So um, the explanation was that the, um, and obviously we know this, that uh, amylase, an enzyme that's produced in your saliva, helps break down the carbohydrates in your mouth. Uh, so it starts breaking down those long chain molecules into short chain molecules. And uh, this is why you should eventually have this kind of sweeter taste to some foods. So like potatoes is one of them. Um, or like white bread. If you take white bread, that changes very quickly for most people. So you put it in your mouth, that changes. Are you, Ed, are you still there? Mm, yeah, yeah. Just Sorry, you just, you just, you just yeah. gone very still. Um, I just thought, oh, we've got a techno technological problem again. <laughs> no, I was just like, just amazed at what you're saying. No. <laughs> yeah, so, uh, so, so essentially saying so, and they did end uh, that segment again with, so the people that said, yeah, 15 seconds and the taste changed, you should be able to eat as many carbs you like without any problems. It did say you can pretty much tolerate as many carbs you like. That was, I might have butchered it slightly, but that was mm. the message. It wasn't, so you started off with eat more carbs and then it ended up with you can eat as many carbs you like. You, those that didn't change, then you will have to watch how, the amount of carbohydrates you do eat. So if I put my so hand I, up, like after about a second, oh yeah, no change, change. Yeah. Um, unlimited donuts, bro. Unlimited, unlimited donuts. donuts. Cool. Um, did they take into the fact that they told them that they should be expecting a change in flavour and taste? So that placebo is going to be a huge thing there. Because if I say to me, if I say to you, um, doesn't this taste like that? And you'll go, oh, yeah, it does a little bit. Even though if it doesn't, and I've completely made that up. Yeah, I don't know. They, but they basically yeah. said, they basically said, um, eat it, let me know if the taste changes, if it gets sweeter, or some people might not say uh, have a change in taste at all. So whether that will counter or uh, consider placebo, I don't know. But regardless, um, I don't think that the amount of amylase in your mouth, in terms of how quickly that gets digested in your mouth, you can really like even associate that with carb tolerance even if carb tolerance is a thing i think it's a very crackpot idea um yeah yeah I mean, the, the, the problem is is like and this is this is a theme throughout the entire show is that and this is and maybe it's because people that don't necessarily there's still crackpots here that don't believe in this but the fundamental principle fundamental principle of weight loss is energy in versus energy out i.e thermodynamics i.e you know calories in energy balance calories in calories out and um 
tolerating carbohydrates and um, saying to people, you know, you can eat more carbs than other people. That defies the laws of physics in terms of thermodynamics, because if people are eating more carbohydrates but not reducing calories elsewhere, where does that go? Just because they tolerate carbs better doesn't mean, that doesn't mean all of a sudden they won't put on weight then. Store it in your hollow legs. Must be, because, like, you can't, you know, the, the first law of thermodynamics is energy cannot be lost. It can only be transferred, mm-hmm. so or lost or created. So energy going in, i.e. in the forms of calories and higher carbohydrates, where does that go? Because you can't lose it somewhere. So just because they tolerate carbs better, it, it, it can't disappear. So it's got to go somewhere. You know what? If there is um, any truth to his statement about the amylase changing things and being able to tolerate it better, uh, from observationally, were the people who put their hands up sooner, um, were they slimmer, uh, more athletic, were they more active, uh, and were the people who potentially responded slower, were they more um, susceptible I would ha- to... I would- yeah, I would have to watch it back, but I do remember one guy was very, I, I would describe him as quite lanky, so quite lean. He was one of the quickest ones. So, I mean, tolerating of carbs is one thing we've, it's, it's a funny, it's a funny concept, isn't it? Because it's one of those things where like tarb, tolerating of carbs is, I don't know how evidence-based it really is in terms of anything outside of insulin uh, sensitivity. So insulin resistance. And obviously people are, do have insulin resistance and that, that then does cause problems, but that doesn't change energy balance. You know, mm-hmm. it might be like maybe people's appetites change because, and so by tolerating carbs, it means you're like, if you eat carbs, maybe you just crave more. Um, you know, you have worse blood sugar responses, stuff like that, because obviously you need more insulin to secrete it. And obviously at least the poor health co- outcomes, which is the, we will talk about in a bit, because obviously there are bits around people with diabetes, et cetera, et cetera. But I mean, I just hate it when people talk about things like, oh, I can tolerate more carbs than others. It's just, it's not really a thing in my in my eyes or in my opinion. And I'm happy for someone to prove me wrong if they can come up with some evidence, but I've never really seen any um, that talks about tolerance and weight loss. It's more around tolerance and health, i.e. insulin resistance. Yeah, uh, you do hear a lot of people who I wouldn't even trust with a potted plant um, talking about how they... Oh yeah, well I, I I respond to carbs really well, so I can just eat loads and loads and loads and loads. It's like all oh, the fact that you're really really active, um, and that you move a lot and you walk everywhere means that you burn a lot of calories. So you kind of need a lot of carbs to maintain your weight, um, and that you're probably a bit more hungry because you move a lot, so you can eat a lot more carbs. Um, that's that's probably what it is. Um, yeah, you, you do yeah. see a lot of people kind of using that excuse. And also on the flip side, oh, I need more fat. There's a, uh, a, a very well-known, uh, maybe not so well-respected nutritionist um, who I had a lovely encounter in the toilets with at Body Power. Um, and he, he always used to say, um, oh, yeah, I don't, I don't handle carbs very well, so I have higher fats in my diet. Or the fact that, you just like fatty foods, so you eat more sausages and bacon than you would do mm-hmm. pasta and rice. Um, yeah, is it tolerance? Yeah. And preference. And the preference thing, I think, does come over conditioning. So, like, if we change our foods, 
So if we start eating higher carbohydrate foods and reducing fat, we will start to develop a taste or preference for carbohydrates. That's probably to do with things like the different types of enzymes you then have to produce to break down those types of foods. I always liken it to like people that hate coffee, but then you start drinking coffee, they absolutely fucking love it. Because you just condition your taste buds and your enzymes stuff to start to de- like they, they develop to be able to then use and break down those types of foods. Mm. So inevitably, that's what you end up like kind of think. Oh yeah, you know, I you know I like, I like carbs. No, it's just you just eat lots of carbs. So therefore, you you kind of condition or develop and change over time to tolerate or like carbs. Yeah, I had a really good conversation with somebody once about that, and the fact that I know when I was I've never been a fussy eater or a picky eater, but there was a few things like cooked tomatoes couldn't stand them, couldn't stand raw tomatoes in the uh, like little ones uh, either. Mm-hmm. Um, I still don't think I could sit and eat a big tomato. It's just I don't know something about it. Um, but that mushrooms, um, there was a few other things, coffee, tea and coffee, that was another one. And I didn't like it, hated it, absolutely hated it. But because I didn't really have it that much, even though, you know, dad tried to sort of almost force feed it me. Um, but and then I was said, well, you know, I, I, I'm an adult now. I need to be able to drink hot drinks um, as a tea and coffee. So I kind of forced myself to drink it. Um, and I'd have one in the morning and, and I kept doing this probably every couple of days. And uh, and then eventually I liked tea and coffee. And you know now that I, I love a coffee. Um, mm. So it is just sort of making yourself more aware to things and more, uh, yeah, just developing that response to things. But the same with alcohol as well. How many times when you're like 12 or 13 do you go, alcohol, I hate the taste of alcohol. And those people are now probably the biggest pissheads going. I um, I remember, and I, I'll be honest, I don't remember his name, but I remember there was a chef that wrote a book and it was around the theme of he challenged himself to basically eat every single food ever made because he something along the lines of if you eat a food seven times you will like it you'll grow to like it so the same principle yeah so he was going around eating like monkey brains and just mm. random stuff to to basically get to a point where he liked everything yeah i've even seen papers on it I, i've seen i've seen a red paper when i was at university I've, i was researching something and the title popped up so I read it because it just spiked curiosity because it was at the time when I was drinking tea and coffee and uh, or learning to drink it and uh, there was a paper that kind of it backed everything up and said that you know the more the more times children were exposed to something the more they they liked it yeah, as in the food so yeah yeah no that makes sense um cool right so uh they also now go on to uh speak to a dietitian around what secret, uh, I think I said secret sugars or secret carbs, finish. I think it's the secret sugars, I think, lies in certain foods that we eat. So they, sp- they spoke to this dietitian and they had a plate, a table full of uh, plates of food uh, with lots of bacon, potatoes, strawberries, rice. So basically some, some different higher carbohydrate foods. And they asked some general population to basically guess the equivalent of how much sugar is in it. So you can imagine they had these, you know, like a muffin on the table. And they asked how many, how many cubes of sugar in it. Oh, there's 20 cubes of sugar in this. Or how many do you expect to be in the bagel? Oh, two. And obviously, you know, there's actually the equivalent of like 12 cubes of sugar in it, et cetera, et cetera. Um, again, I think like they're missing the fundamental point here. The sugar content isn't necessarily relevant of any food because you could have a diet completely made up of sugar and nothing else. As long as you're eating under your energy requirements, it won't have an adverse effect just because of the sugar. Because then day it's just fuel, it's just energy. 
Ed's nodding away. I don't know if he's on mute. He might yeah, be. I was. <laughs> sort, of make <laughs> sort of make a drink. So, uh, um, so, so yeah, yeah. No, it, it, I've seen that loads of times where they go, you know, guess guess the sugar or guess the fat content, and then they show it you in that, that raw form. Um, and like you say, it's. It, I'm waiting for the big bad study that comes out and says, um, "Oh no, shit! Wait, we got it wrong." Um, so. All the kind of, you know, diseases that eventually may kill you, uh, you know, like diabetes, cancer and heart, cardiovascular disease, all the little heart problems and all that sort of stuff. Um, I'm waiting for the study that turns around and says, oh, you know what it was? Uh, it was actually because this person was, you know, in great shape, great condition. Um, and uh, the reason for absolutely all of those, um, you know, obviously there's outliers and stuff, but uh, it's actually because um, they ate too many Haribo as a child, as a child, um, and uh, yeah, that, that's the reason. Not because of you know an ongoing shitstorm of uh, being overweight. Um, obviously, that's you know that doesn't. That, I'm not putting everybody into the same box there because obviously there is you know lots of hereditary things there with certain things. But um, yeah, I'm, I'm waiting for for all those things that we know are elevated through being overweight and and, and that. You know that that's well researched and that's well shown. I'm waiting for them to turn. I go, oh no, you know, no, what that that was wrong. All those ten, twenty years of of all that research that was actually wrong. Uh, we've got this new study now that says Harry Bow. That's the that's the devil. Yeah, uh, and like I, I didn't. The the point of that show is to basically tell people that you know there's hidden sugar in these things. And obviously, one, it's fundamentally incorrect on a lot of those foods because obviously the strawberries there, yes, it's got fructose in it, which is sugar. Um, like a bagel, how much sugar has a bagel actually got in it? Not a lot. You know, it's a starch. So, and yes, we've said starch will get broken down into glucose, but it's not like what people consider sugar. So it's kind of like it's the, the overall message or the only outcome or thing that's achieved, I think, by kind of doing that experiment was basically scaremongering people. It's the only thing, like, I can't see what other rationale there is because they never mentioned calories once throughout that entire bit. So they never mentioned like, oh, you know, these, these foods are higher in calories um, because they have a high carbohydrate content and therefore that higher calories might contribute to weight gain or not losing weight. They just say, this is, this jack potato has got 20 cues of sugar. Can you believe it? It's nearly as much as that muffin. And so the woman literally said, don't tell me that because jack potato is my favorite food and now I can't eat them again. That was an, almost, again, a direct quote. So that's why I got a problem with it. Because it's like, this is the whole point about this show undermining people. Because now people are not going to eat jack potatoes because they're going to see that it has the equivalent of 20 grams of sugar in it because it's a carbohydrate food. Like I say, though, like we said before, if you break it down, all carbohydrates contain sugar because that's what they're made up from. (laughs) It's just like Uh, Christ. uh, So so I'm saying, so all all I'm saying is like, so my my overall thoughts on that part is like, what they achieving by telling people there is an equivalent, and they, they, they mentioned equivalent, but it was very much under the breath um and almost the conversation they almost use like the, the the amount of sugar cubes in these foods interchangeable with equivalent you know they didn't actually always use equivalents it's almost like they were basically inferring and it's probably just for the show probably for the show to make it more shocking or like oh my god what 20 grams of sugar or 20 cubes of sugar in a jack potato um and actually missing the fundamental point of what i've just said is that there isn't actually 20 grams of sugar in it it's, it's the fact the the amount of carbohydrates in that sugar compared to the amount of carbohydrates in that potato even though they're different types of carbohydrates um again not that fundamentally that matters too much for what we're talking 
because you know there is no such thing as good or bad carbs one just delivers more nutrients than others right and we, you know we, that'll be a theme throughout this i think um and i guess like going on the potato thing like one of the messages was and the the, the doctor uh, i can't remember his name now zander van he's been on a lot of these types of shows hasn't he that doctor he did a fat versus sugar one before i think with his because he got a twin i think and he's got a twin his, him and his twin did it both gps oh, but yeah. basically they, they yeah well he, he basically he said so so let me just uh, like round this up then so potatoes what i take from this is potatoes have a huge amount of energy and they'll be stored as fat unless we burn them off right but that's the whole point of calorie balance um it's not just the potato because I think now might be a good time to sort of say, if you eat a meal, and we have spoken about this before on the podcast, if you eat a meal, uh, the carbohydrates will get utilised first, and if the uh, the rest of the meal isn't particularly needed, i.e. the fats in that meal aren't particularly needed, then they'll be stored for once you have burned that carbohydrate kind of amount off, or stored it, and then they utilise the fats. Um, so it's not a case of, if you don't, require it within five minutes of eating it then it gets stored as fat forever um if you're eating a meal and then you're just sat around all day you're gonna you'd store it as glycogen if you've got room for it and then you might save you know then the fats might get stored as as adipose tissue as, as fat cells um but and then as soon as the carbohydrates are sort of utilized then you tap into that kind of that, that adipose tissue types uh energy storage so then you would mm. then you would utilize that within the you know it might take you an hour and a half to digest and utilize the carbohydrates and then that another hour and a half before you eat again then you're utilizing the fat stores um you know kind of arbitrary numbers but that's kind of how it works um so when people say oh yeah well if you eat loads of carbs then all the fat's going to be stored and you're never going to use it yeah but if you're within your calories or at a calorie maintenance then that's not going to be the case if you're way overeating your calories then yeah, you're storing potentially not use it um, because you're overeating. Yeah, uh, I mean at the very start they say eat too many carbs, the glucose gets stored as fat. When like ironically, kind of I think what you're just saying it that doesn't actually no. happen very often because you know we the research shows that um, carbohydrate overfeeding, so huge amounts of carbohydrates very rarely the glucose actually gets stored as fat because de novo lipogenesis, which is the process that your body does to convert glucose into fat, is very energy inefficient and your body doesn't like doing it. So actually what it does, it prioritizes to store that fat instead so the dietary fat that you're eating gets stored instead of the carbohydrates. It's only if you then consistently overfeed carbohydrates for a long time that then that does start to think, well, actually, maybe we don't need to keep, these, keep using these carbohydrates and we can start to convert them into to fat and store them. So that's kind of like irony more than anything. It's not really real world relevant because, you know, it doesn't really matter what gets stored as fat because at the end of the day, it's just calories, whether it's carbs or fat, it's the excess calories that are getting stored. But it's just funny how they say the glucose gets stored as fat when actually, it uh, technically, technically it's, it's probably not. It's probably actually the dietary fat you're eating because all dietary fat, give or take a tiny, 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 tiny bit is actually stored before utilized in any, in any way. So as soon as you eat dietary fat, and this is a funny thing we speak to ke uh, like keto um advocates about this because like oh it's far more metabolically um beneficial to go on a high fat low carb diet because man carbs and insulin and then carbs get stored that's like ironically when you eat dietary fat it's stored before used like it's it's always stored because it's a fat molecule yeah. like, it's really easy for your body to store it as fat 
tiny bit might get oxidized there and then like a tiny 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 bit and burnt but most of it gets stored and then used at a later date so yeah, it is funny like when you have those conversations but i guess like this is the thing about the carbohydrate stuff being stored is it isn't relevant because it is excess calories but it's not right what he's saying so he's just kind of misleading people and scaring them to say oh you shouldn't eat too many carbohydrates um so moving on a little bit so one thing that i did like though is they kind of moved on to say well um and just actually i want to take it back to potato stuff actually because what i want to just mention and we've mentioned it before the potato is actually considered one of the most satiating foods to make you feel full so when you scaremonger people to not eating potatoes because you think they contain lots of sugar that's probably going to have a detrimental effect on people's food relationships because now they're not going to eat potatoes, even though it might be really good for dieting because, you know, I don't even consider, even though it like, says a huge amount of energy in a potato, I don't consider there is a huge amount of energy in a potato because you can have like a decent amount of potato for a couple hundred calories, like quite a lot um, compared to green veg. Obviously, it's calorie dense, but compared to a lot of foods, it's not calorie dense. Um, people just, portion size comes down to our expectation of portion size we'd eat 500 grams of potatoes rather than 200 like 200 grams of potatoes is a normal sized like a medium jack of potatoes as an example but that should be enough for most people's plates to go with some vegetables and whatever else they're having um anyway just want to say that just because i like is it's a very satiating food potato so don't cut it out ignore these people that's the um, issue when so yeah. you, you're branding things as good and bad again just to reiterate it don't do it yeah yeah exactly um, I did like the fact that they then move on to resistant starch and fibre, saying that they play a hugely important role for gut health, which they do. So explain how resistant starch and fibre work. So fibre is um, mostly not digestible by our bodies. Resistant starch is the same. Um, essentially, what they do is they help our gut. They help our good bacteria grow. So that does protect about digestive issues, protects about lots of things like bowel and colon cancer. Um, and lots of other stuff it is a really like so high fiber and it's something that i think the majority of the population don't eat enough of is resistant starch from fiber so resistant starch tends to come from plants uh, as does most as, as does fiber um i think resistant starch mainly from like cellulose in plant cell walls if i remember um trying to think back to early early mnu studies there ed you probably remember but because obviously you're you've been doing it more recently than me but Essentially, it's just it, it helps things like I say gut health, but also it can be it moves through the small intestine. So resistant starch basically doesn't get digested. Resistant starch is resistant yeah. digestion. Helps moves with the uptake of the nutrients as well. Yeah, yeah. So I think it then moves from the small intestine to the large intestine. It's one of the few uh, nutrients that does get through uh, or should get through. Some people obviously with um, medical issues then has that problem but basically like resistant starch should get through to the large intestine um, and then bacteria feeds on it and that then creates fatty acids for energy but also obviously all these creates nice healthy thriving gut bacteria so like, i did like the fact that they, they overly promote that and i guess that's one of the things they're talking about eating good carbs bad carbs or having too many of the wrong carbs they're the good carbs according to them which is which i'd agree with you know we should all be eating more resistant starch with fiber um, i.e. more fruits and vegetables and plants mate but if you only ate those i mean we all know when we're dieting how much your regularity can be messed up so if you only ate fruit mm. and veg and no other sort of sources of carbs then your gut bacteria may be fantastic but uh, i can guarantee you'll be a windy person 
Uh, yeah, but that might not be a bad thing, you know. It's just a sign of a good gut bacteria, you know. <laughs> That's a great yeah. excuse, isn't it? You just start farting everywhere, and yeah, they're not always the best, really are they? Yeah, just about, you know, I'm just really, really healthy. Um, yes. And they'll be like, oh, right, okay, yeah, cool. <laughs> um, they also moved on to, uh, and this is something we've kind of has come up a few times, I think. I don't know if it's cyclical as in terms of it just comes up every now and then but often gets spat in the fitness industry around like uh food's been able to change in terms of developing more resistant starch through like cooking methods like pasta and rice is one way so if you heat it and cool it uh, some of the molecules change and more into like resistant starch like and therefore it lowers the calorie content which um is actually true in my understanding in that so take like certain starches like pastas um, so if you make get like a new potato, say, and you cook it, it's like quite fluffy. Then you leave it in the fridge overnight and eat it the next day. It's like a bit more waxy. Um, they go like a different texture. And the same with like pasta, um, you know, those types of foods. Yeah. So the idea is that, as I say, when they're when they're when they're cooked, um, other molecules bind to the carbohydrates. So I think like some of the fat molecules and other things like bind to them, and it creates a bit more like a resistance starch-like molecule. So, and then when you, when they, that's what happens when they then cool again, sorry. So they cooked and then cool, that's what happens. When they then recooked, even more does it. So that kind of then, because it's resistant starch, it's not digested, you then can essentially not digest some of those calories. So as where I think that is actually a thing and it does exist, I think it's just so massively overestimated. And it's something they, they talked about in this show and said, obviously, like, this is one thing you can do. For me, it's like, it's going to have very little effect. It's like, you know, it's going to, it's not going to make a difference if someone's smashing down loads of pasta or loads of cakes. Like they haven't, you know, they're, they're cooking and cooling their pasta and eating, and then heating it the next day and eating it to try and lower the, or, or increase the resistant starch. But then they're going to eat a bag of Doritos afterwards thinking it's okay. That's just, you know, it's fundamentally not going to change anything. Uh, also, um, say you're looking at 100 calories worth of pasta. This is probably like, if, if it's true and it does happen, that it's probably reducing things by like one or two calories. Not by yeah, I think it's, I think it's a, yeah, <laughs> I think I think it no, I think it is it's a bit more than like one or two calories. But you know, if you're talking a 200 calorie portion of pasta, if that's if that's reducing that by 20 calories, you know, that's not really a significant amount, is it? It's not going to be enough to to really warrant or worry or warrant about. And obviously, it's that health halo effect as well in terms of will it just people lead to people eating more because they think oh, we're getting more resistant starch. Yeah, so I'll have an extra 20 I'll, calories worth. Yeah, um, we know also will it lead to people reheating their food 10 times just to try and make it calorie neutral maybe yeah <laughs> i might try, try it, it. <laughs> so so what and then another thing i did quite like is uh talking around carb drinks in the gym so they basically wanted to say or the question was do carbs and exercise mix so they basically replicated what we know as the mouth rinse experiment mm. so got mr zander uh, van whatever his face to do a uh, distance and power rated or tested uh, what bike cycle ride and basically gave him a, a placebo of either water or uh, an actual carb drink and they got the swill in his mouth for 10 seconds spit it out and then measured his power at distance and power and they all increased with the swilling um which obviously we is that that's kind of goes in line or, or or coincides with other studies that we know of so that's quite a cool idea actually I quite like it because the overall message was just rinsing it actually increased performance uh, and distance so increased distance in his cycle ride and his overall power output and obviously his calorie burn 
um, without actually drinking it because the receptors in your mouth and basically says, oh, look, carbohydrates are coming. You need to kick in a gear and, you know, we can up in performance a bit. That's basically what happens. So which is quite cool because essentially they then said, so that means you don't actually have to drink your Lucasade while you're at the gym because you might take on 300 calories of Lucasade and only burn 400 doing your 45 minutes of cardio. Yeah, and uh, that's well shown up to 90 minutes, I think, something like that. So uh, there's, there's, there's some that do look into slightly longer studies as well. So I know they say that up to 60 minutes, just have a, a, a swirl, have a rinse. Um, and then yeah. after that, you can start to look at in, ingesting things. But I'm sure they, they, they've looked at it as being as effective up to 90 minutes as well. Yeah, uh, it might as be. I've seen it. Yeah. Um, so, so, yeah, so kind of if you're looking at it from a sports performance type of point of view, uh, I mean, if you're struggling to get calories in anyway, if you are, say, like a, an ultramarathon runner or something, uh, and you're struggling to get calories in just to fuel your body, then potentially you would might want to ingest it. But, uh, yeah, if you're just looking at the kind of, you know, being in the gym, the only downside to that is you brought a whole Lucozade for one squirt that you just spat out in, like, out the window or something. <laughs> <laughs> they, did, they, said, they said make your own, actually. They said yeah. you, might, you can make your own by putting sugar in water and just swilling it and spitting it out. And they even said doesn't matter if it tastes crap because you're not drinking it. You just yeah. spit it out. Which is, I thought, fair play. Like I said, I, quite, I actually thought it was really good because that's something you see quite regularly, people hitting the vending machine before they go into a yeah. gym session. Because you and like you say, if it's for performance, then it's a different story necessarily. Because you you're not really worried about um, weight maintenance or or kind of necessarily like or like weight. But if your weight loss is your goal, then it is counterproductive to drink 300 worth of calories to then try and increase your workout by 20, 30 calories mm. because of the performance aspect of drinking carbohydrates. Yeah, um, is that's obviously a net negative. Uh, effect so i quite like the fact they explained if 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 that is your goal weight loss then you're better off not having it and just not having the extra thing or doing this a carb rinse that will almost increase performance as much um without actually taking any carbs so yeah yeah it's a good idea you can just get the tubs of Um, like what i'm looking at now i've got pro energy from cmp uh that i used mm -hmm. to uh, i've used loads of times and you know, it just tastes like fruit juice, but it's just got a high sugar content. And, you know, making a little one of those, you don't have to make a big, like, two-litre thing, just, just have one swirl. You can just make a little sort of, you know, a mouthful's worth. Um, yeah, and that way we're not we're not wasting water and saving the planet as well. Cool. Cool. So now we discussed uh, a section with uh, Mr. David Unwin, who's, or sorry, Dr. David Unwin. So a doctor, basically, a GP, that is uh, trying to help people with type 2 diabetes using lifestyle medicine, which you know we are huge advocates of. Um, you know, obviously a conversation with John Sykes, massive fan of what John does and his and his role in the, the British Lifestyle, uh, sorry, British Journal of uh, Lifestyle Medicine. Um, obviously, same with Alan, Alan Flanagan, obviously huge advocates of those because obviously lifestyle medicine, so basically treating people with lifestyle and habit change rather than necessarily medication, hugely, hugely beneficial. So this guy basically uh, great intentions. Um, I just some of the, the the types of conversation he was having, I just didn't particularly kind of get on board with. So one of the things he originally immediately started with is to say that he's helping people and he's you know doing some testing with people, so some studies that had type two diabetes, uh, type type two diabetes by using a low carb diet. Sounds good, you know. Type you know diabetics. Uh, can't control the blood sugars because of obviously either um, insulin resistance or in type two, obviously, oh, sorry, insulin resistance type two or lack of insulin, obviously, in type one. Um, having a low carb diet, which obviously carbohydrates do spike 
uh, blood sugars uh, and obviously would usually have an insulin insulin response. Um, reducing that is a good thing for diabetics, right? You know, we're on board with that. Don't have to reduce. Like, it's like you, we're not saying you have to get rid of all carbohydrates when you're diabetic, but by reducing them, you do have less blood sugars to manage and therefore it should be easier to manage. However, again, kind of using words like the bad carbs. So the example said is we told people to cut out bread because that causes a blood glucose spike. And then obviously that secretes insulin and insulin leads to resistance. And then type 2 diabetes and then a lifetime medication. There was no context given. That was it. Basically, so basically, if you eat chips, potatoes, rice or bread, you will get diabetes is essentially the message because they cause an insulin response and then an insulin response leads to diabetes. This is something that the insulin fairy coaches and the sort of high fat diet zealots um, preach, isn't it? They say, oh, we, I, I, I spoke about it a few weeks ago, I think. I had a chap on one of my uh, corporate nutrition talks that I do, and he had been reading a book about uh, insulin resistance basically causing you and making you be fat. And um, he was sort of reeled off a few things from the book, and I was a bit like, yeah, that does happen, but you want it to happen. Um, you know, unless unless you actually already are pre-diabetic or diabetic, you want that to happen. And even when you are diabetic, as long as you can control your blood sugars, that's fine if it happens. Just yeah, mm-hmm. so. yeah. And I mean, we talked about in the last week's episode about controlling or optimizing hormones, like insulin. We discussed, and its actually role is to clear blood sugars, like you say, you want it to happen. Yeah. But it also tells you that you're full. Stop eating, mate. You know, curbs your appetite. It's an appetite suppressant. So, like, again, it's a normal physiological thing. Um, The problem is, is when it happens too much over long periods of time, you do become resistant to it. And therefore, like, you then have to secrete more to do the same job. And then you become more resistant to it. And it's a vicious cycle. So, and this generally goes in line with people being overweight. So it's not really the fact that people are eating bread. It's because they're eating too many calories and becoming overweight. Like, you can't, like, and you'll get, again, the, you know, the insulin fairy fucking ketards that are going to say no insulin definitely causes you to be overweight but it doesn't so as long as you're controlling calories again the amount of insulin you're secreting as long as you're not overweight isn't necessarily the biggest problem in the world certainly it shouldn't be something to worry too much about um on, on this bit they did go on later on the same guy did go on to then mention and it, you know you never know with editing in terms of how much they've edited for for the show but he then did go on to say trouble i have uh oh no sorry what he did say was it the the increase um the increase in people with diabetes is because of the type and amount of carbs we eat. So we did then start to say not, you know, the type, the amount of carbs we eat, which not directly is, is the problem, but it contributes to the amount of calories we eat. So the more carbs we eat, the more calories we eat. And obviously that's, again, it's like they never described that, never explained that, never associated calories with carbs. In fact, when he was talking about um, why he thinks it's a good thing that people give up sugar, uh, that might be the answer for diabetes, giving up sugar. Like, like you can even do that. Tell fucking Davina McCall that. Um, but you, you can't give up sugar, like we said, unless you're completely removing every aspect of carbohydrate in your diet because all carbohydrates end up leading to sugar, um, which you can't do because pretty much every food has some element of carbohydrate in it. Even if it's very, very low, you'll still get some. So you can't actually give it up. Um, he then went on to say, you know, giving up sugar, but the trouble I have with calories, weighing, etc. Sounds like a diet to me, not a lifestyle. But what are your thoughts on that? That sent that that ending because that was his ending comment. Trouble I have with calories, weighing, etc. Sounds like a diet to me and not a lifestyle. Thing is, though, that could be the it, it 
could be an educational tool. I mean, let's also just let's just highlight the fact that he's basically said that he's going to ignore calories because he doesn't like the way it sounds. Um, okay, cool. Let's just ignore um, world hunger because it's a sad thought. Still going on though. Still happening. Um, so uh, yeah. So I mean, a bit of a bit of a donkey statement to make. Uh, but also, if you if you want to sort of defend calories and defend calorie counting, well, why not just use it as an educational tool? It doesn't have to be. <laughs> right now, you've got a MyFitnessPal streak of one. Uh, you now have to have uh, you now have to use that every single day for the rest of your life. Um, Unless you're Brad Hadley, mm. then you do. Uh, <laughs> Steve um, Hall, Christ <laughs> mate, don't don't put him in that bracket. <laughs> um, but yeah, you just use it as an educational tool. How many clients have I used it with? Where we've only used it to start off with this month, something like that, just to get an idea of un- an understanding of what calories are in foods and what calories are in your favourite meals. Just why why not use it as that? And then say, right, okay, now we know that. Now you can stop overeating on the the high calorie foods, and you you know where where and when to make allowances. It's called education. It's not called, you know, like impacting, well, restricting somebody for the rest of their life and only allowing them to, to do that one thing. Um, yeah, it's yeah. ridiculous. Um, but it's, it's a bit like my our friend Wojix. That sounds a bit like Wojix. Uh, that doesn't believe in calorie counting. It's like, well, problem is your body does. Yeah. Because it is the fundamental principle of weight loss is calories in, best calories out. Stop trying to ignore it. The best thing to do is actually don't ignore it and use it as education. doesn't mean you then have to go to measuring every single calorie for the rest of your life, like you say. And this is kind of what I guess he's missing in that. And I, and I get, I, I do appreciate like for some people that's not a, um, a thing that they want to do or adhere to for their entire life. It's not what they would consider a lifestyle, which is fine, but it doesn't mean that you shouldn't educate people about what calories are, um, you know, and you should focus on kind of more habit stuff. Cause I don't think that's an area. I mean, habit based stuff is brilliant, but if you're not telling people why the habit thing works again, it's just disempowering and undermining individuals so that they kind of have to rely on you a bit like the whole weight watching slimmer world models of, they don't tell you why you can't eat a mashed banana compared to a full banana, et cetera, or a whole banana, et cetera, you know, it's, disempowering and that causes repeat business because people don't understand or have any education they have to come running back when they don't you know if they fall off the wagon or whatever and i think this is the same principle whether he's done that on purpose or not i don't know but it just felt very much like that i don't know the annoying thing is and what would, this is probably why you know that all these tv shows come knocking on my door every day and i turn them down because i don't want them to edit me badly um <laughs> so, yeah. but that, that would be my biggest fear you know if we ever got to the point of where um somebody wants us to be on a show which is edited and not live um I, i'd be worried that things are edited out of context um yeah, yeah. well when, when i was on the radio humble brag um they did edit me slightly yeah. <laughs> so like when i was on heart uh they did obviously only use like what 30 seconds of the of like a two minute interview i did and did chop it up a little bit uh, like luckily for me the message wasn't completely lost but didn't quite come across exactly as I, as I planned with the questions I'd asked etc so yeah I get what you're saying that, that could easily happen and it might have happened in this guy's situation but you know you can't really say things like giving up sugar and um a trouble out of calories sounds like a diet to me and not a lifestyle it's like well 
you know, he's, yeah, kind of he, missing the point. Even taken out of context, those things are still ludicrous. So uh, yeah. it doesn't matter what context they're in, <laughs> unless you go jokes yeah. afterwards. Yeah. It, it's, I mean, it does the line why, like all of these, so context around the whole good versus bad carbs, bra- like branding carbs as colors, context around um, like sugar in things, that, like it's so massively important and they're just not explained in the show at all. I mean, another example is you talk of this, the same, the same guy having a conversation, this Dr. Unwin around his, his low carb patient that he um, managed to remove all the medication from because he's lost lost weight and all of his blood markers, his glucose control that have all really improved so much. That he no longer has to take medication, which is absolutely amazing. But the guy's talking about how he loves his, you know, he's like been dedicated to his low carb diet and he can't see himself slipping back now and that he's really happy he's improved his health. But they then never once mention why that happened as in terms of, don't say like why the low carb diet worked to stop his diabetes or to reverse his diabetes because we know it's because fundamentally because there is research showing that this is the case that the diabetes has been reversed because he lost weight not because he stopped eating carbohydrates they they coincided he stopped eating carbohydrates by removing carbohydrates he removed calories and he lost weight therefore his health improved and heart improved, his blood sugar control improved, and he could then stop taking his meds. And obviously, there's research showing that high carb diets, when they're calorie controlled, people lose weight. They they have reversed their diabetes in the same way as that low carb um, diets, when they've then calorie controlled and lost weight, they've reversed their type two diabetes. So that's the bit I don't understand because obviously now people are only going to think I can only have low carb if I want to if, if, if I'm pre diabetic or if I'm diabetic and I want to try and obviously do something about it. Yeah, it's pretty annoying. <laughs> yeah. Yeah, and I mean, if anyone hasn't and wants to have a good laugh, go listen to the Sigma uh, Nutrition Radio podcast with uh, Dane Lennon, uh, hosted Martin McDonald, and that other idiot, fucking Professor Tim Noakes. Um, I say idiot, the guy's absolutely smart. Like, the guy's way smarter than I am, but, you know, he came out with some ludicrous stuff on that podcast because of his own bias and, and kind of, like, obsession with low-carb diets. Um, they're like, you eat more than... 25% protein and you will die again another direct quote so should, should go listen to that because it's, it's interesting hearing two very very clever experts debate um far more experts than us anyway hey Ed well um yeah <laughs> what episode was that what number any ideas off the oh top god knows mate 100 I want to say 195 or something I don't know yeah. it's, it's, it's within the last sort of two or three months isn't it so okay. people should go listen it was really really good if you, have you not listened to it no no I, I haven't listened to any of Sigma for a while to be, to be honest alright no that, that was really good because obviously they were both quite respectful of each other although definitely one side came across as calm presenting the evidence the other side came across very much of denying the evidence and saying their own opinion mm. um or or even the bits of evidence they did produce kind of tried to twist the outcome a little bit yeah. even though then be given counter evidence to say well actually this is because because essentially like one side was saying yeah your your way does work but so do these other ways um yeah. and then one side would basically say no only mine works and it's kind of like that straight away zealotry type behavior kind of gives you an indication of probably who's more on the right lines when yes. someone's kind of very open-minded saying your way works, this way works, this way works. And the reason all of those really works because they have this one thing in common, i.e. they lost weight and, and reduced calories. Whereas you're saying, no, the only way to do it is to do it this one way. It's the only way that'll do it. 
and obviously you know that's kind of how the podcast went but everyone listening should go listen to that actually because it's really really good right super tangent and what are we on time mate are we uh, we're, we're, we're buzzing well over the hour now um let let me pick out a few bits that i liked shall uh, we well i was going to say should we quickly a minute on good things and then should we wrap up the show how they should have wrapped up the show so like i said at the start yeah these are the principles these are wise make yeah. your own mind up yeah so some of some of the well maybe i'll pick out some some quick good and bad things i think because some of the good things they promoted was basically low in carbohydrates diabetics as i said um but they didn't really mention necessarily why um so like they might have mentioned glycemic index for some so like basically higher blood sugar spikes for some foods but Again, because we don't eat individual nutrients, we don't tend to eat what like you don't unless you're just eating a rice cake. Um, you don't eat like one food; you eat a meal. Um, and the same thing is, you don't you don't eat one rice cake; you might eat five. So it definitely comes down to like not only the type of carb, what you eat it with, what you ate the meal before, what you ate um, with that food, uh, and the amount, etc. So all of these different variables affect like the blood sugar response. So, like, when they were focusing on, you know, like, not eating this food because it causes this blood sugar response, it's a bit short-sighted because actually, you know, you don't eat just a jack potato. You might eat it with butter in it. You might eat it with protein in it, You might, which then changes the load and the glycemic response completely. Depending upon whether you had protein an hour before, two hours before, that type of stuff changes. So that's kind of bits I didn't like. Um, they did – what I did like, again, is they kind of talked about replacing – carb dense foods other things so they mentioned lots of things like alternatives so cauliflower rice and celeriac uh, instead of like you know like normal rice or chips and that type of thing um things like pumpkin like squash replacing like your potato on your plate for those which again i think is really good idea for people wanting to lose weight because it does give you you know a good high food volume to help what i always say is the most important thing about dieting managing your appetite but they don't t- again just the bit that kind of lets it down for me is they don't say why because they just they talk about like um you know oh yeah well this food has got half the carbohydrates as the other food you know like rice is, or cauliflower rice has got half the carbohydrates and normal rice yeah that's fine but why is that why is that a good thing the good reason is because it's reducing your calorie content but they don't say that and that's why i think it's undermining and it actually then just disempowers people again because they're not giving them that full picture education as the why it's a good thing or why this is having a positive effect on their weight loss because not the carbs it's the reduction in calories magic magic um yeah so um they did experiment with lots of people which i I just want to mention this bit so they took loads of people that were um either pre-diabetic or actually diabetic i think it was like a dozen of them or so and they took them for a couple of weeks of doing a low carb diet and they all lost weight they all had really great success which is brilliant like really really good um what they uh, never mentioned again is how they lost weight, i.e. reduced calories. They just said it's down to the carbs. And uh, the one of the final quotes of that was, counting carbs, not calories, is, is, is basically the positive outcome. I'm like, oh, seriously? Oh, so again, they're just kind of... wrong on that. I know, I know. It's just like, <laughs> oh, it's just so, so fundamentally incorrect. Um, and again, disempowering. But there we go. A quick, quick rant for me. Um, and that was basically all the way through it. So, like, even some of the food swaps, actually, just so going back to the food swaps, they swapped, they made, a, like, a low-carb key lime pie, which actually looked delicious, to be fair. That did look really nice. But they used nuts instead of flour for the base. So probably trebling the, the actual calorie content of that dessert. I bet it did taste 
delicious. Um, but again, it's like, yeah, this key lime pie is a, a tenth of the carbs and a healthier type of fat. And you just think, again, you're missing the wood for the trees. It's like, oh, I, uh, yeah, I can't even, you know? Yeah. So shall yeah. we uh, not summarise, but round up? No, I'll, I'll, I'll quickly round up slash summarise on, on, on the bits that are good, good and bad. So um, eating less carbohydrates in general for most people is probably a good thing because we probably eat too many carbs, not because the carbs themselves are bad, but because we eat too many calories and carbs equals calories. You know, they're not calorie free. So I think that was a good message. Certainly promoting the what they called bad carbs, albeit a bit lost or a bit misdirected. I think it's they're you know, trying to promote more whole foods, more fibrous foods, whole grains over non-whole grain variants like more fruits and veg i think that was a positive thing what i didn't like is you know they didn't explain that like why whole grains are better in terms of that they you know they're essentially the same whole grain food so take white versus brown examples of stuff so pasta bread etc they're not necessarily better weight loss so like we did say at some point during the show that you could have guilt-free carbs if so if you're I think the, the scenario went along the lines of if you're looking at your basket and you think you're eating too many white or beige carbs, consider swapping those for whole grain variants because they're guilt-free. I think that was essentially a, a message. And I was like, no, because it's the same calories pretty much. Like the, when you when you compare white versus brown of pretty much every type of variant, so rice, pasta, bread, all the things that we think of, the calorie contents are pretty similar, if not identical across all of those different types of foods. Just the whole grain in the brown or wholemeal versions are just a bit air quote healthier because they do come with other nutrients so going back to this this message that we talked about in terms of foods being a a, a delivery message method of nutrients so you'll just get more fiber more vitamins and minerals because the grain of the, of the, the whole grain is in there compared to a white version where it's stripped but the calories are still pretty much the same in fact ironically white versions tend to have less calories was, like white bread, a slice of white bread has less calories than fucking whole grain bread yeah exactly yeah, you change it to a seeded bloomer, you've got way more calories than a slice of white bread. Right. Yeah, because of all the fat content of the seeds as well. Yeah. That's, and that's what I mean. So, which you would argue it's probably worse for someone's health if it's contributing to them being overweight because they're having more calories. Because we've already talked about in terms of these people that did reverse their diabetes and changed a lot of their risk markers because they lost weight, not because they stopped eating carbs. Um, but yeah, like those, those are definitely good things. I think the bad things I've hammered home in terms of just disempowering messages, losing context properly, um, and basically pointing at the wrong thing being the cause of these issues in terms of pointing at carbs when actually it shouldn't have been called the truth about carbs. It should just be the truth about calories, mate. The truth about calories. There we go. Um, I could end with a couple of quotes where too many of the wrong carbs can impact your genes. We all, which I think, yeah, so uh, make your genes too tight because you're too fat. <laughs> yeah there is there is a little research around being overweight during pregnancy and stuff can can lead to kind of slight gene changes and stuff in genotypes and things but i think the evidence on that is very 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 new so i wouldn't like to comment on it. i certainly don't know enough about it but I, I do know that like there is a risk of kind of certain types of genes like the is it the fto gene or f i can't remember, not F, is it fto gene yeah fto gene which is obviously um a gene where it's shown to be associated with more in obese people. So like that gene might be causing people to overeat in some way. Um, doesn't change energy balance. doesn't make you fat without overeating. You still have to overeat. So you can still like not do that. But I think there's that type of stuff, which there is some research going around, but way over the scope of this podcast, I think. Um, another one was we all handle carbs a little differently. 
if you're trying to lose weight, it's worth considering the type of carbs you're eating, not just obsessing about calories. That was my favorite. That was literally at the end of the show on. Um, so, yeah, remember that. If you're trying to lose weight, it's worth considering the type of carbs you're eating, not just obsessing about calories, even though calories are the determined factor of weight Thing loss, is, gain, or maintenance. Like, obviously, depending on what type of carbs we're talking about, but uh, and knowing their categorization for carbs is absolute rubbish. Um, so, if they said that and didn't say the last bit about calories you, there could have been a an airing of truth in that so you could say right okay well you know if you're trying to lose weight then you might want to look at having more uh leafy greens and veggies instead of having lots and lots of pasta and whatever um because of the calorie content um but the fact that they went and said that it's you know it's not about calories just puts you in the same category as floppy haired tits yeah yeah, yeah. Well, there you go. So that's my roundup. So now you may, maybe maybe I'll tell them the, the actual truth about carbs. Um, depending on your goal, if you're wanting to lose weight, if you're wanting to gain weight, then uh, have them in moderation for your goal. Um, the fact that carbohydrates are, uh, if anything, more positive than negative towards your um, your health because of the vitamins and minerals that they contain, as we have said. Um, I think... Really, everybody should make their own kind of judgment and, and things like that from, um, from from everything that's said, even stuff that we say, even though we are 100% right all the time, definitely. Obviously. Um, you, you should still be critically thinking. So if, if somebody says something that seems a little bit ludicrous or a little bit different or goes against the grain, potentially you should just be thinking about, okay, well, what are they actually saying and what do I know uh, that might counter that and do I know something different have I heard something different and then weigh it up if somebody is literally saying that um, you know calories don't matter it's all about carbohydrates yet you know full well that um, there are lots of intelligent people who talk about right well actually you know if you reduce calories then you uh, go into a calorie deficit and you could lose weight from that that makes quite a lot of sense um, whereas if you're saying well if you eat only brown pasta over white pasta why always always ask why or um it was something i always learned in i think it was like geography i think uh, back in gcse geography uh they were it was a so what factor um uh, so i always try and bring that into things the so what factor maybe twist it a little bit but why why is that why 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 and if they if, if you can't break it down enough to to answer exactly the reason and the rationale for why, then there's probably no truth in it or very limited truth in it. So I think people, everybody should be more critical about everything, not just carbs. Um, and that's my sort of philosophical ending. Um, why? Yeah, no, no, no. So, yeah, I don't think uh, too much more to add. Just, you know, I, th I think it's a good thing to reduce carbs on the whole, but only within your general reduction in calories, not not specifically because of carbs. You want to have all your diet as carbs, but you're still controlling your calorie intake, go for it, mate. You know, it's not not a problem. You still, obviously still want to get some of your nutrients. So I think this is the biggest thing and what this show probably didn't necessarily cover is that, you know, they talk about bad carbs and good carbs when actually they should have been talking about what's missing. So like eating bad carbs isn't negative unless you only eat bad carbs so when i say you're bad carbs i'm kind of using it in jest really but basically like carbs that don't contain nutrients if you only ate like sugar out of a potato and lyle bag so as an example like if you ate that to energy balance so you only ate that 
you're going to be deficient because you're not getting any nutrients and stuff. So actually, like, that isn't a good scenario. So we want to promote you eating more healthy foods with more nutrients in. Um, but that's it, you know. If, like, if you want to then can have still loads of carbohydrates, then then do so. Just make sure that you're still getting a good amount of the good stuff because that's what matters, getting a good amount of the good stuff. It doesn't matter about having some bad stuff along with it because as long as you get a good amount of the good stuff and you tick your boxes, you're golden. Matter. Yeah. 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 Cool. Sweet. Right, let's go. Let's do it. Right. Let's... Uh, have we got anything to say, just quickly round up on? Anything to say? Um, look, oh, actually, I'll tell you what. Look out. Competition coming soon. New one coming up. Uh, can't give out too many details yet because they've not been finalised, but we will have some good uh, prizes or prizes for uh, anyone that likes cardio, say, coming up soon. So uh, look out for that. Um, I think that's it. Can't think of anything else, though. Uh, and obviously join the facebook group and there is a snazzy little ebook in there so uh it'll be in the pin post and if you uh well when you join anyway we give you a nice little welcome email uh, like a welcome message with everybody who joins that week and um, download that ebook because there are tons of recipes in there um for you to, to learn some of them are high carbs some of them are low carb some of them even contain white carbs or sorry beige carbs beige um, carbs yeah. No, be- beige and white are two different ones, mate. Some might contain both me. white and beige and green carbs. But what about orange carbs? That never got a mention. So I'm assuming they're not an advocate of eating carrots or sweet potatoes or butternut squash. So they're calorie-free. Or pumpkin. <laughs> they're calorie-free. Guilt-free, sorry. Maybe, guilt-free. Maybe, well, maybe they're not mentioned them because they think they're bad and they're coming in the bad carb bracket and therefore you shouldn't eat them. Although he did then say mention pumpkin right at the end in terms of swapping your potato for pumpkin, which I like. I really like roasted pumpkin. Yeah, yeah. yeah. And I also, do you know what? We'll end on this. Pumpkin makes a fantastic dessert. Yeah, pumpkin sweet pumpkin pie. like cinnamon and sugar and brown sugar and maple and stuff like that. Honestly, like I had loads of it in Turkey, like a pumpkiny pureed dessert stuff, like in set pumpkin. That's delicious. Oh, I could eat loads of that. Pumpkin pie is delish. Pumpkin soup yeah. is delish. Yeah. yeah, pumpkin's delicious. Simple as that. Bump, pumpkin baklava, you know, covered in honey and shredded wheat style pastry stuff. Mate, that is incredible. That shit is bad for you because it just makes you overeat. <laughs> it's a shame right, we can only get that... it in October. <laughs> right, love um, you and leave you. That, yeah, yeah, yeah. I've got tin pumpkin in my uh, cupboard that I'm about to actually eat, mate. On that note, I'm going to stick a load of maple syrup in it. Good stuff. Right, too many, too bonjour. <laughs> Thanks for listening to the No Nonsense Nutrition Podcast. We'll speak to you all next week.